Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Fantasy Best Friends Forever. This is the Fantasy Best Friends Forever here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network alongside Frankie Stample. I am Greg Sussman. Frankie, what's going on, bud? Hey, happy hump day here on a Wednesday, May 8th. Lots to talk about last night as usual. Uh, those Tuesday and Friday days are really, really just massive for fantasy baseball. Just like everyone, every team is in action, every Player is doing something wild, so there's there's a lot to get into today. Reggie, how'd you sleep last night, buddy? Uh, I slept great, man. I went to bed later than I wanted to again, but, you know, listen, I really timed it really well how I was doing everything. Like, went back and watched the basketball game while the Yankees were like, in the rain delay, came back, Yankees were done with the rain delay, back in the seventh inning, I missed no pitches, it was, like, amazing, and Judy had a friend over there planning her bachelorette party. And it was great. I was able to watch um, and the Yankee game. Girl left, and I went to sleep. Slept great. I was really tired again. I, I've been really tired this week. Pretty standard night for the besides the, mania. Besides the whole bachelorette planning thing. We made our own pizzas last night, which was delicious. <laughs> Make your own pizza Tuesday. You, you ever do that? Um, no. I used to do it when I was a kid with my dad. It's great. I haven't. Not in a long time. It's super easy. Super fun. We used to do it on English muffins. We bought, we just buy like the dough from Whole Foods. Okay. And you like make a legit pizza. Yeah. No, we would do like these baby little ones. Yeah. yeah. Muffins. You gotta gotta spread them yourself. You put the sauce, the cheese, whatever else you want to add. Obviously, the garlic crust. Garlic crust. Look at this guy. Oh, yeah, man. Next thing you know, Grady's going to be making stuffed crust. He's got all this intricate stuff going on. Look at this. I could do that, actually. I've never had any of the pizzas from Pizza Hut. I don't know. It's either like Domino's or Pizza Hut. What do they put? Like garlic knots? No, they're like. Stuffed I know. cheesy garlic knots as a crust. It looks unbelievable. It I have it everything you would imagine. Did you die? You oh, you've had it. Yeah, I've had it before. Oh, did you have a heart attack immediately following it? Yeah. Yeah. And then I came back to life. Yeah, that was probably now right. I'm here. Like John Snow style. Basically, yeah. Yeah. That's honestly what like it looks <laughs> but it was worth it. It looks incredible. Incredible. But I think I would like have a heart attack on the spot. Yeah, you will. Mm-hmm. Especially you, Greg, because you know your your body would be in shock. You still you still eat the salads every day. I know you do your thing when you go home, but that would be a big one for you, Greg. A lot of people pointing out that today is episode 420 for us, Greg. Oh, no way. With a lot of chatter. That's cool. <laughs> That's cool. 420. How did you sleep last night speaking of 420? Uh, how did I sleep last night? Um, pretty well, I guess. Can't really remember anything. Don't ever remember my dreams. I don't know if you're a big dreamer, Greg. I don't ever remember anything. I told you. I, I told you about my dreams. Right, 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 yeah, yeah. Um, see, I'm very forgetful. I don't lie. Um... I slept all right. Yeah. I mean, I wake up tired every single day. I don't know what's going on, but whatever. 
I, I go I go to sleep a little bit too late. I was up watching the Nuggets game, and oh, there wasn't a lot to watch towards the end of that game. It was a blowout, but it was it was a good night. Good night of sports action. A lot going on. Great comeback by the Yankees. That was cool. I woke up and saw a no hitter. Like really, of all people. Like fires? So I didn't even know about the no-hitter until I got to work this morning, and I heard Bavona's update, and he's just like, Mike Fires becomes, I'm like, is he about to say through another no-hitter? And then I and forgot he that he had previously thrown a no-hitter. Yeah, for you, with Houston. All you probably remember about Mike Fires was that he hit Giancarlo Stan in the face. Yes, and then later on in the year, Giancarlo Stan hit a home run off of him. Very far. I remember that. Very far. Yes. Because they kept playing that up. They're like, yeah. the same man who hit him in the face. He homers off of him. I think it was like a year later, but yeah. <laughs> same, same point. Um, wild, yeah. wild night. Mike Fires. But that game started super late, too. There was a lightning delay or something. Yeah. That game, like I was wondering morning, why. Right? I, I, so I go to check the box scores to see how Matt Olson is doing. I'm like, all right, first game, Matt Olson back. I go at 11 o'clock, and the game is in warm-up. What is going on? Why is this game starting so late? So just... Overall, very, very long night of sports. Um, and of course, a bunch of crazy stuff going on as usual, man. Mike Fires. It's crazy. Yeah, the, the Fires thing was, was nuts, man, because we had joked about him earlier in the day. Or not we, you. Had yeah, I was, I'll set my Fandle line. I said, oh, Yasiel Puig, he's really cheap tonight. I'll put him in there. Mike was, Fires sucks. I was going down the lineup, <laughs> and he asked me, like, which pitcher do I use? And I said, use Lester. Um, over I cashed out last night. Nice. And Lester over Syndergaard was the right choice. I, I felt good about that decision. And it was. then I was going down the rest of your line. I was like, oh, man, you're going with the Asiel Puig tonight. Huh? Like, I don't know about that. And he goes, Mike Fires sucks. So when I saw Frank first thing this morning, I'm like, oh, Mike Fires sucks. Huh? And he's like, yes, he does. Outside of this no-hitter he threw. And he wouldn't have even had a no-hitter if it wasn't for some spectacular defense. But you could say that about most no-hitters. Yeah, that's true. But... I mean, what Ramon Laureano did last night. Come on now. That guy just does it every single night now. And uh, Jerickson Profar as well. My guy, Jerickson Profar. Jerickson Profar with an outstanding can't drop him after that, Greg. Come on. Can't drop him after that. I don't own him, so I can't drop him. (laughs) Come on, man. Where do you want to start, Greg? What do you want to do? You got to start the no-hitter, man. There's no other place to start. All right, well, I'll I'll keep it very simple for you. Don't add Mike Fires. That's a question people are going to (laughs) have. I don't think many people are going to ask that question, to be honest. Really? Like, were we adding... Who was that... No name guy who threw a no hitter for the might have even been a perfect game for the Mariners a couple of years ago. Philip Umber, are you talking about? Yeah, it's like were people picking up Philip Umber after it was, that? I believe it was the White Sox. <laughs> yeah, that's what you're talking about, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's exactly right. I, I don't think anyone was picking him up after that. But it was so it was like a, I think it was a perfect game, and it was like I actually owned him for that start, Philip Umber. God, this is how bad Mike Fires is. How about this? Even after a, a no hitter. Nine shutout innings. His ERA is 5.48. Sure. His FIP, 4.97. XFIP, 5.2. He's been brutal. Don't pick him up. It's a great moment for Oakland A's fans. It's awesome. But, I mean, you're not doing anything with it. You're just not. He's a soft tosser. He doesn't get a lot of swings and misses. doesn't get any strikeouts. Awesome baseball moment. Not awesome fantasy baseball moment. Especially if it was against you. I mean, I don't know why anyone in their right mind would do that, but. All the power to you if you started him. Gosh. Don't add Mike Fires, Greg. There's nothing here. Would you add Archie Harrison, Mountbatten, Windsor? Who? Archie Harrison, Mountbatten, Windsor. Is that like Supreme Court judge or something? Close. Uh, it's, <laughs> it's Meghan Markle and Prince Harry's baby. I love how you said close. Oh, you knew it wasn't a baseball player. <laughs> and they named their kid Archie. That's... They named their kid Archie. Pretty cool name. Archie 
Archie what again? Say it again? So Archie, Archie's his first name. Okay. Harrison's his middle name. Right? So Archie Harrison. Sure. Super normal. And then like their last name is, I guess, technically Windsor. Like the Duchess of Windsor or the Duke of Windsor. And Mountbatten is also some royal thing. It's Mountbatten <laughs> Windsor. All right. Great name. Cool name theory, Greg. You adding him? Uh, yeah. Scout list and I'm dynasty? De- definitely adding Archie. <laughs> I've got nothing else. Okay. I've got nothing else on Archie. I have nothing else on Mike Fires. Do you have anything? And this is a, ser- this is a serious... Low clap for Mike Fires. This is a serious question. Okay. So Mike Fires was awesome, right? Is there any interest in adding his opponent, who over his last two starts has been pretty good? That's Tyler Molly. Molly had allowed three hits, just one run, struck out eight yesterday while walking one. In his previous start against the Mets, he went five innings, four hits, one run. Walked nobody. Only run allowed was a solo shot. Seven strikeouts. I recognize the three starts before that were all like... Thoroughly mediocre, not horrific, but mediocre. Two starts before that, actually really good. Six shutout innings, five innings, and one run ball. Striking out guys at a pretty good clip. I know that Mike Fires gets all the headlines, but one of the things I wanted to ask you about was Tyler Molly. Is there any interest here? I think there should be modest interest, at least in deeper leagues. You look at the overall numbers. I mean, the 369 ERA now, the underlying numbers also very good. 309 XFIB, Greg. He's real, pitching man. pretty well. I mean, he's averaging over a strikeout per inning. Under two walks per nine. Seems like there's a decent amount to like here. 45% ground ball rate. Uh, does use this fastball a ton, and it's not a great fastball. It's fine. It's 93, 94 miles per hour. He throws it about 63% of the time. Mixes in a changeup, uses a curveball as well. Uh, but getting ahead in the count, you know, what I, what I noticed about him early on in the season, which baffled me, I started him for a game against the Miami Marlins in fantasy. And I was watching the start, and the command did not look good. Uh, he was all over the place. He walked a bunch of batters. And I looked at his minor league numbers, and all of his minor league numbers say he was a great command pitcher. He didn't walk anybody. And it seems like he's starting to get back to that. You see it with the walks per nine under two, Greg. And his first pitch strike percentage, 67%. So establishing a strike zone early. The strikeouts seem a little bit fluky right now. His swinging strike rate is not great. It's just around 9%. So the strikeouts seem a little bit fluky. But the rest of the underlying numbers... Seem pretty good. Am I going to start him every start that he throws, uh, especially pitching in the National League Central in the Great American Small Park? No, but keep your eye on him in the right matchup. Can I see streaming him? The answer is yes, Greg. You have waivers that run tonight, yes? Yes. You should pick up Tyler Molly for this weekend. He's one more start. Two-star pitcher. It's a Sunday. Well, it's, it's a weekly league that, I have, that my uh, uh, fab runs. So. All right. I only play in one daily league. That's the pit league. Gotcha. Who does he pitch against next time? In San Francisco. Oh, that's great. Pick him up right now. If you play in a daily league, pick him up for that start. It's a great start right there. Just picked him up in the pit league. Very nice. I like it a lot. Yeah. Who, who would he be going up against after that? Can we see that far? Uh, sure. Yeah. Because that might determine whether people want to add him or not. Yep. So let me look it up. So, hey, if he gets Miami again, sure, let's do it. So <laughs> the Reds are facing the Giants. Obviously, it's Sunday. Then they face the Cubs. They are home against the Dodgers. You probably don't want to. Don't love that. Don't love the Dodgers in the Great American Small Park. And after that, they'll be in Chicago. And it's not to say that he can't get to that level. If he continues to perform and performs even against tougher matchups, then yes, maybe he can get to that matchup, uh, to that level where it kind of defies who he's facing, where we just kind of trust him as the starting pitcher that he is. But I think I need to see a little bit more for him to get to that point. The numbers right now, though, have been good. The past couple starts have been good. The underlying numbers look pretty damn good for Tyler Malley. He looked like he was going to be a thing last year as well. Then he kind of fizzled out, um, and it looks like they're giving him another opportunity here. But so far, so good in the right matchups, Greg.
Yep, Tyler Molly, somebody that should be on your watch list. And if you need a daily league, you're looking for a stream for this weekend, Molly's your guy uh, facing off against San Francisco. I talked about Jerickson Profar's awesome play in the field. He also accounted for all of the runs uh, that were against Tyler Molly and the Reds. He had an RBI double in the second, a solo shot in the seventh for his uh, third, excuse me, his third home run of the season. Profar now has the batting average all the way up to 193. Why do you say it like that, Greg? Why are you being so sarcastic when Just it comes letting to you know. Jerickson Profar? Just letting you know. Greg, as bad as he's been, 13 runs, 16 RBIs, three home runs, three stolen bases. He does a little bit of everything. The 193 batting average is just not going to last. If you look at the, the batted ball profile so far this year, it's basically spot on with last year. I understand he's not in Texas anymore. He's in Oakland. It's a bigger ballpark. It's not as good of an environment to hit in. The hard hit rate, 37.5%, right in line with where he was at last season. But his BABIP, 198 compared to 269 last year. There's going to be some positive regression here, Greg. This is a former top prospect. He hasn't lived up to expectations. I'm not sure that he ever will. But will he be better than a 193 hitter? I think the answer is yes. And if he gets to 250 by the end of the season, Greg, that would mean from here on out, Profar probably hits like 275, 280. So if he were dropped in your league in some deeper leagues, especially given the versatility that he has, Greg, I think better days are coming for Profar. I'm going to stand by my guy. I'm good. Okay. Thanks okay. for listening, though. <laughs> That's what I'm here for. I'm, I'm literally here for that. The Dodgers were able to defeat Atlanta last night. Nine zip. A lot to take away in this game. And we were texting back and forth last night, Frankie, about Justin Turner. And I woke up and he had another one. And another one. And another one. And another one. And another one. This guy just hit a bunch of bombs last night. You need to see this from Justin Turner. And you knew it was a matter of time. Kind of similar to what I'm saying about Jerks and Profar. You look at the underlying numbers, and he was still hitting the ball hard, Justin Turner, that is. He's hitting the ball in the air. He's basically doing what he's always done. The results just haven't been there yet, and they're going to come. We've seen this now for Justin Turner. He's a talented player. For him, it just comes down to health. How long can he stay healthy for? Uh, can he perform even when he's a little bit banged up? Because everybody gets a little bit banged up in a 162-game season in baseball. So four hits last night for Justin Turner, six ribbies, Three home runs. Obviously, the three runs scored. Um, it's, he's in a great lineup. He's going to come around. Uh, basically, Greg, your window to buy low on Justin Turner was just slammed shut in your face. The thing was, Justin Turner was always hitting the ball hard. Exactly. You knew he was going to come just wasn't going out. So this was always happening. Was well, that's what I'm saying about Jerks and Profar. Like, he's not going to be a, a sub-200 Babbitt guy. It's not like he's hitting 50% fly balls and, okay, that's why his BABIP is so low because he's hitting so many fly balls. Jerks and Profar is going to be better than a sub-200 hitter. I'm pretty certain of that. So, that's what we're Like, these guys get off to slow starts. Don't freak out. That's what we're talking about. Justin Turner, though, you didn't get to see this, especially, like, I own him in the main event. We own him together in a league. Uh, I think I have two shares out of seven leagues of Justin Turner. I needed to see something like this. And now, after that, after this performance... The batting average, 302, OPS, 825. Pretty much exactly where you want Justin Turner to be. Absolutely. You just More home runs is what you're looking for, and more home runs are coming. Uh, Turner hit his second, third, and fourth homer last evening, accounting for almost all the runs last night for the Dodgers. On the other side, Max Fried got hit in the hand on a comebacker, I believe, and had to, and had to leave this game ultimately, uh, and, and unfortunately, Freed's been fantastic, uh, allowed the... Homer to Turner and Max Muncy's RBI single. 
Josh Tomlin came in actually did a nice job uh, for Atlanta, but gotta be a little bit nervous about Max Fried right now, which is annoying. He's amazing. Yeah, and we'll ask, uh, do we have Dr. Ray tomorrow or Virginia? I'm not sure yet. All right, so we'll ask inside injuries tomorrow. We don't know who we have yet, but we'll ask him tomorrow about Max Fried and find out what is going on. Uh, he did say after the game that he hopes to make his next scheduled start, which will be Sunday against the Diamondbacks, and Max Fried has been awesome. He's been lights out. He didn't necessarily have it in the start even before he got hit by the line drive. You could, uh, you could just tell. like he, he was a little bit off his game. Uh, he was getting smacked around a little bit. It is a tough lineup, obviously, to face going up against the Dodgers. Um, but he's been everything you could ask for and better than that. So even after giving up the four earned runs and one inning pitch, 2.97 ERA, um, 109 whip, he's been lights out. I'm not freaking out about Max Fried. I'm not just trying to trade him away. I'm not dropping him or anything like that. Let's just hope that he's healthy enough to make his next start. Yep, absolutely. Hopefully Freed uh, will get back, we'll get healthy, and we'll be ready to rock. Let's take a break here. When we come back on the BFFs, a whole lot more baseball to chat about. Anywhere in particular you're interested in heading next, Frankie? Uh, we should probably talk about Jinjin Ryu, what he did on the other side of that game. Sure. Complete game shutout. We have a couple of retreads we got to get into, too. Giolito, Mac Williamson, we'll get into this. We'll get into all that, too. Definitely. I saw the poll question about that. All right. All that on the way next. BFFs. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. The following ad contains shocking material. Listener discretion is advised. Is someone in your family playing a dangerous game of Russian roulette? Over 43,000 people die a year from drug overdose. 120 people a day. Five people every hour. One person every 12 minutes. 88,000 people die every year from alcohol abuse. Over 240 people a day, 10 an hour, one person every six minutes. Somebody you know may be next. Learn how to help someone you love get away from the drugs, alcohol, and bad influences. With the FMLA, people can take a leave of absence from their job and still keep it. Call now and learn how we can help you. 866-484-9621 866-484-9621 That's 866-484-9621 Game Time Decisions Sometimes I wake up and I'm, I'm hungover I'm like, oh, I'll go to the plug And I'm like, I would have been better off just not waking up Like, how many Sundays have you sort of forced yourself Like, after partying or whatever Like, gotta get the bets in, NFL Sunday it's, Oh, no, I did it another time Because Vince likes when I go down there too to like put action in the one time i'm like i'm not doing this today and all of his plays won i'm like i'll never do that again hey buddy you won like 300 something dollars i gotta pay the guy weekdays 4 p.m eastern 1 p.m pacific only on the fantasy sports radio network fantasy best professor ever fantasy sports radio network that's frankie stample i am greg sussman you wanted to mention Hyunjun Ryu. Ryu. That's, that's what I went with. Pretty sure that's not his name. Ryu. Right? No. Not his name. All right. Hyunjun Ryu. 
Sure. Like the Street Fighter character, Ryu. All right, that's cool. Big Street Fighter guy? Nope. And you name one other character in Street Fighter besides Ryu. Sub-Zero. <laughs> is it not Street Fighter? Uh, you know, this is pretty funny. This is how you must feel when I talk about politics. Right? Mortal Kombat is not Street Fighter. It's Mortal Kombat, right? Mortal- I thought they were similar. <laughs> Mortal Kombat is not Street Fighter. Wait, oh, right. It's Mortal, it's Mortal Kombat. Yeah, yeah that's, that's right. Greg. I wasn't sure. It was Sub-Zero a- is in Mortal Kombat. Okay. Along with Scorpion. Okay. okay no, no other Street Fighter characters. I got you, Frank. What you got? E-Honda. E-Honda. Come on, the big guy. E-Honda. Japanese guy. Okay. Nothing? No. Ken, blonde hair. Basically looks exactly like Ryu, but has blonde hair, wears a red, red outfit. Chun-Li. Like a Ken doll? Nothing? I, nope. All right. Kind of does look like a Ken doll, I guess. All right, well. Guile. Guile, there you go. Awesome Gotta haircut. know Guile. Has, you know, big... Blonde thing coming out of his head. Nothing. All right. Well, you see, Greg, they did a movie about this with uh, Jean Claude Van Damme and uh, the guy who played um, Gomez Adams in the Adams Family, uh, Raul Julia. I actually remember that movie. It was pretty good. It was pretty good for me as a kid because I like Street Fighter, but I don't know if I watch it now. It's probably not great. But there you go, Greg. I know random video game stuff. You know random political stuff. What you know seems a little bit more useful in life. Mm-hmm. Except for right now, when I get to scold you for thinking uh, Sub-Zero was I really feel, I don't really feel scolded, to be honest with you. <laughs> okay. Uh, Ryu is just awesome, though. Oh, I mean, all right. You know, Hinjin, uh, whatever you call them. Hinjin Ryu has been awesome. Um, strikeout for any... I mean, he's basically doing exactly what he did last year. The underlying numbers for him are even better, too. Uh He's got a 2.03 ERA, with, even with his home run to fly ball ratio being 20%. So you can argue that he should be even better. His left on base percentage has been awesome. Uh, probably going to see some regression in that regard. But, man, Hinjin Ryu has given you everything that you could ask for, Greg. And even though he's missed some time already, probably going to miss some time moving forward. This is a guy that I'm, I'm just going to hold on to, even if he gets hurt. Because when he's on the... When he's on the field, Greg, he is the perfect definition of quality, greater sign quantity. It's basically the entire Dodgers rotation, but he's basically taken over the mantle. He's better than Rich Hill, and he's on the mound. He's ridiculous, so. Feel really good about Hinge and Ryu, obviously, if you own him. I'm not- Seems like the opportunity to buy low there has also gone away. Yeah, and like, you can argue sell high because as good as he has been, but realistically, what are you going to get back for Hinge and Ryu? I'm pretty sure everyone's going to realize what you're trying to do. Well, oh, let me trade away Ryu before he gets sure. hurt, right? I don't know. Like, I was kind of like, interested in buying him a couple days ago. But now it's yeah, me too. Like, too I thought about it recently, too. Well, you know, maybe if, you ha- if there's an owner that's worried that he's going to get hurt again, maybe they're just looking to trade him away for anything. Maybe that's someone that you want to go out there and try and uh, prey on and get Hinjin right. Mm-hmm. But overall, I would imagine, you know, if you want to try and sell high on him before he gets hurt, it's just realistically, what are you going to get back in return? Because most people also realize that he's going to get hurt at some point. Sure. So it kind of it hurt, it, it, it fluctuates his value. He's really good when he's on the field. He's going to get hurt at some point. I'm, I'm just going to hold on to him and just start him whenever he's available. He's, he's amazing. That's it. Good. That's it. All right. That's it on Hyunjin Ryu. Just making sure you're good on Hyunjin Ryu. All right. So the retread conversation, and Frank posted about it uh, on Twitter. And he brought up his boy, Mac Williamson, who got called up uh, for the Giants, started last night in Coors Field, and all his boy, Mac, he talked about him this spring, 
it was hit a home run. That probably would have been a fly ball out anywhere else. But nevertheless, hit a home run in Colorado. Oh, stop hating on Mac Williams. As did Evan Longoria. As did Kevin Pillar. Got the job done. Was that Kevin Pillar? Yeah, like Boston, Kevin Pillar. All right. Didn't know we were, uh, you know, trying to appease the Boston audience here, Greg. My guy, Antonio Sensatella, got rocked at home. But Madison Bumgarner, we talked about last week, got that ERA under four with six innings of three-run ball. It's called a quality start, folks. Eight strikeouts in Colorado. You obviously take that uh, from Bummy. This Giants lineup all finally did something. But Mac Williamson gets called up right in the middle of the lineup. He was batting, what, six last night? Uh, where are you picking him up, Frank? How deep? So on and so forth. Yeah, I mean, I would pick him up in any of the leagues where you start five outfielders. Obviously, in any of the deeper leagues we play in, 15-team Roto, I would be interested in him there. Anything shallower than that, like go out and pick him up in NL only, obviously, as well. 12-teamers, look, if you have a spot to stash a player right now, I don't know that I want to put him in my lineup right away. He still does play in Oracle Park, formerly AT&T Park, which is a huge ballpark. Not really conducive to hitters. A little bit better for righties, obviously, because if you pull the ball, it's not like you have, uh, you know, that big outfield there in right field that they have uh, for left-handed bats, which just completely sacks the power out of Brandon Belt and has his entire career. But Mac Williamson was doing some nice things last year, Greg. It was a, it was a really small sample size, but, you know, he was hitting the ball hard. He came up. Uh, it seems like we've always kind of wanted him to be a thing. He hasn't been able to stay healthy. He's never really been given a fair shake. Yep. Um, I drafted him in the 29th, 30th round of the main event this year. Yep. Because I assumed he would make the roster because San Francisco is so starved for talent. But, you know, Connor Joe and, and Michael Reed and, and Mike Gerber and all these other, you know, random outfielders that they want to throw out there, they give them a shot instead. But now it seems like everything that I've read, Mac Williamson is going to be a starting outfielder for this team. He's going to get an opportunity to play every day as long as he can stay healthy. Let's cross our fingers and hope so. Uh, in five outfielder leagues, I do have some interest. Anything shallower than that, I'm going to slow my roll for now. It was in Colorado, uh, but overall, he's done some nice things in the past. I want to see him get an opportunity here. I agree. you got to get excited uh, about Mac Williamson. Right now in Colorado, not overly excited, uh, but excited enough uh, that he could help your fantasy team in the short term. What's going on with Colorado, by the way? Haven't it, put it together. It feels like their lineup has just been terrible. Or maybe it's just the guys that I own. Like Daniel Murphy, 0 for 5, two strikeouts. He's starting to piss me off. Don't piss me off. Don't piss me off. Do you try and buy low on a Daniel Murphy right now? Is he still I think kinda, so. Is he still kind of hampered by all the injuries he's been dealing still with? He hasn't been back for that long. One say. year older. I did have some concerns about the, the knee injury the past couple of years that he's been dealing with. I, I hope he's not just done. That would suck, but... So showed some line, uh, some signs of life last year in the second half of the season, the final couple of months, but it's been a weird start to the year for Daniel Murphy. And something else I've noticed, Greg, randomly, uh, David Dahl out of the lineup against the lefty, Ryan McMahon out of the lineup against the lefty. Like, mm-hmm. is this something we're going to have to deal with all year? Ryan McMahon being out against lefties and Not- David Dahl being out against lefties? So I don't think it's all lefties. I think right now certain players are, are obviously hot. Speaking of Ryan Maltapia, right? Oh, to- yeah, Garrett Hampson. Scorching hot. He should probably be in the lineup. But remember, it was just a few days ago where against the, against the lefty, Garrett Hampson was on the bench and Ryan McMahon was in there. So I don't think it's going to be, have to be something that we're dealing with all year. I, I don't. I just want I just want my players in the lineup for these home games. I, I it's so frustrating, dude. So so do I. Yeah, obviously. And then Daniel Murphy's in the lineup there, and he does nothing. So I don't know. Maybe I'm overreacting. What do you think? 
do you, if, if there's an owner in your league like me, are you going out there and trying to trade for Daniel Murphy? I'm interested. Yeah. I, I'm interested in Daniel Murphy. It's been he's really a, frustrating. He's been terrible, but he this is a classic buy He's been terrible. He's a classic buy low. I think this is something that I would well, consider. But do we have like a Joey Votto hand, a situation on our sure. hands here where he's just one year older and it's starting to show a little bit? He's got a 180 batting average, Greg. His expected batting average is 162. Last year, he hit 297. Well, no, with two teams, he hit 299 overall, and his expected batting average was 305. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. Something's going on with, uh, with Daniel Murphy so far this year. He has zero barreled balls on the season. What is a barreled ball? It is optimal contact. If you barrel up a ball, your expected batting average on that ball is 500. That's the ideal launch angle. I believe it's between 15 and 25. It's like basically between a line drive and a fly ball. And your average exit velocity is 95 miles per hour or 100 miles per hour, 98 miles per hour, right around there. It's optimal contact. He has zero of those batted ball events so far this year. So I just, I don't know. I have, I have a little concern here with Daniel Murphy. It's reasonable, man. It's, it's reasonable. I, I get that. I completely get that. For me, I need more of a sample size. You got to remember, he missed all of April at this point. He's still getting those legs under him. He's still got a spring training for him. You got to give him more at bats. Right. Like, I mean, I'm not pulling a Greg. I'm not dropping him. I'm not, you know. Like, for instance, I'm just frustrated. For instance, you brought up um, Miguel Andujar last night. You brought it up this morning as well. And we'll go into the Yankee game, which is awesome to watch. And Duhar, I don't know that he's gotten a hit since he's been back, but he's over four last night with another strikeout. And you were concerned about the injury. You tweeted it out, and Dr. Ray and the guys from Inside Injuries responded saying, there's no way he's healthy. He, he can't be healthy. Now, he's played mostly DH with Gio Urshela. Uh, playing third, and Ashella wasn't actually great in the field last night, obviously uh, won the game with his bat. But Andujar, at least to me, still seems to be swinging with the same amount of authority. It doesn't look like he's, uh, it doesn't look like he has lost anything at the plate. I think he still has to get his timing right. Um, on the field, I did read that there are actually stat cast metrics for how hard you throw it, and he wasn't throwing it nearly as hard coming back from that injury. Um, so maybe th- there was a question like, is he nervous about his shoulder? Is he, not, is he, is he scared to unleash? It doesn't seem to me he's scared to unleash at the plate. Uh, we just haven't seen it yet. Yeah, so he's two for 15 since returning from the injury. That's the past four games with four strikeouts. He went over four last night. You talked about it. Um, in the four games since he's returned, he does have a 45% hard hit rate. So you can kind of hang your hat on that for now. Um, he's hitting a lot of fly balls. It's hard to say. I mean, I don't think anybody really knows the answer to this. We're just going to speculate. Is it, you know, is he still battling through something right now? Or is it what you're talking about? Is it closer to, all right, he's trying to get his legs underneath him. He's been out for a month. Um, It's not going to happen right away for him. Maybe he's pressing a little bit too much. I mean, there are a lot of factors that go into this. Overall, I think if you own Andujar, you're kind of in like fantasy purgatory. You can't, you can't drop him, obviously, because of where he was drafted and, and the value that he still holds. Obviously, you know, hitting cleanup for the Yankees in that lineup, in that stadium, I mean, there's value to be had there. And you're not going to trade him away because you'd be selling him low. So you kind of just have to hold him. Um, and that's, I, I own Miguel Andujar in one league, and that's exactly what I'm doing. I have him in the lineup this week as my utility. You know, maybe he's this guy you keep on your bench for now until you kind of see him coming around. Maybe you lose out on a few stats, that he does give you, but I'd rather that happen than rather than just throwing him in the lineup and getting what he's giving you right now. 
because he clearly doesn't seem right, whether it's rust or still dealing with an injury. So we'll see what happens. Overall, though, Greg, I felt like he did return a little bit too early from this injury. I mean, this was a pretty devastating injury. I don't think the Yankees would have rushed him back, though. I really don't. Uh, they were winning games, but, you know, maybe there was an emphasis that, you know, they hear the fan base and stuff, and they hear everyone chattering, and, you know, when are these guys coming back? And I don't know. It just seems a little bit premature. I really don't. I don't know what the plan is. Obviously, I think the plan is to hopefully get Andujar right. Clint Frazier had a brutal error in right field. Did have a hit yesterday though. Uh, he obviously has to get his timing back uh, after coming back from like the two the fracture in his ankle. Did you see that? It was like a fracture of his ankle. It was a fracture. Small now. small fracture. It will originally I thought it was like a slight tear or something like maybe, that. Maybe it, was a, maybe it was a tear. Maybe it wasn't a fracture, but it's much worse than we thought. Yeah, did have one hit last night. The guy just looks lost in the field. I, I don't know what's going on. Like, he really He lets does. the ball drop right in front of him. And, like, that's just a, miscommunication a between him and Gardner. He has not been a good fielder all season long. I think he's better than this. Uh, the past couple of years, whenever we've seen him up, I feel like he's made some diving grabs. Um, I don't know. I think it's just kind of like a mental thing right now for him. You know, when you're struggling like that, Greg, it's the old adage in baseball. The ball will find you you're right. when you're struggling. You're absolutely right. And I think that's what's kind of going on with Clint Frazier right now. I want to see him get that timing down. I spoke about Sandro with this downstairs, one of our producers, big Yankee fan. I said, I hope that him getting hurt didn't completely kill his momentum. And I don't think that's the case yet. I don't want to overreact to just two games, but I really hope that that's not the case. So we'll see what happens here. Greg, Gio Urshela, is it time to actually talk about this guy? Like a legitimate pickup? Because everything that I saw after the game was, he's going to be their everyday third baseman for the foreseeable future. They're going to play Andohar at DH. They're not going to force Andohar to play the field. Until, I guess, at least Stanton is back, right? And we don't really have a timetable for that. Like, maybe Stanton's two weeks away. That means for the next two weeks, you could have a, a player who's playing every single day in the Yankees lineup in a really good ballpark, in Gio Urshela. And I looked into some of the bad ball data last night. He is actually doing things that he doesn't normally do. He's, he's hitting the ball much harder. He's a guy that's always made a lot of contact. He doesn't strike out. Uh, he also doesn't walk all that much. But he's hitting 360, and he hit another home run last night. He had two hits and two ribbies. He's performing quite well. I wondered initially about the playing time, obviously, with Andujar back. As you said, until Stanton or, I don't know, maybe Judge at this point, get back. I don't uh, think we see Judge until, like, the, the second break. Half. Yeah, I agree with that, but I don't know when the hell you see Stanton either. But un- until these guys get back, it certainly looks like Urshela has found himself in a lineup every single day. And... His Babbitt won't remain this high. He won't continue to get this lucky. But right now, it's, he has changed his approach at the plate. Frank always says you want to look for changes in an approach, changes in what they're doing. You could just look at it visually. You don't even have to go into the line. The batting stance is completely different for Gio Shayla from today back to when he was on the Cleveland that we all remember. Like, a lot has changed with him. Now, in the minors, was he this good? No, of course not. But... He's a former, I believe, top prospect with Cleveland. I don't think he's just some scrub. And top-ish. Top-ish, okay. I think he was just a prospect. Let's not, let's not use the word top prospect. He was probably just a prospect. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So he's a former prospect, high-level prospect for the Indians. Comes over. He's getting everyday playing time. He's in a good lineup. He's in a good ballpark. I think it's worth considering. I mean, it was just two weeks or three weeks ago we picked up the talk man. So why wouldn't we pick up Gio or Shelly? Yeah, it's, just a, it's a short-term thing. And, and if it turns out to be anything longer than that, this is the Greg theory. The guy is hot right now. He's got a 31% line drive rate. So you talk about the Babbitt being high, 397. Well, 
he's hitting line drives really often. And you couple that with the fact that he doesn't strike out much, and then you there you go. You have yourself a 360 batting average, and it's only 75 plate appearances, uh, 75 at-bats, but two homers, 12 runs, nine ribbies, 424 OBP. I'm not saying drop anybody of value, but if you play in a deeper league, obviously AL only, you play in a 15-teamer, you need a corner infielder, I think you could do a lot worse than the way Gio Urshel's playing right now. Yeah, absolutely. You need, you need some money to fill in in the infield who should have multiple possession uh, eligibility. Gio Urshel, it works. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, last night, he hits the monster home run in the ninth inning, ties the game. Cameron Maven comes around to score on DJ LeMahieu's single, and the Yankees win. Now, you also like to point out uh, what pitchers do and do differently, right? So Tanaka went six. You look at Tanaka's line, six and a third, five hits, two runs, uh, only two uh, two earned runs, two only two walks, uh, four strikeouts. He threw his signature pitch, the splitter, less than he ever has in his career. Are you nervous about that? Yeah, I did want to bring that up and talk about that. Only had eight swinging strikes last night, too. The underlying numbers for Tanaka this season, not very good. The swinging strike rate, way down from where it normally is. The strikeouts are down. Uh, they, they referenced that splitter a lot during the broadcast. We'll talk about it a little bit more when we get back, but... I'm a little bit worried about Tanaka right now, and it's not just the home run injury issues that we're normally used to with him. We'll talk about Tanaka and Marco Gonzalez on the other side, one of your guys. Uh, when we return, it's the Fantasy Best Friends Forever, the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. The Fantasy Sports Network is ready to take you out to the ballgame. Our experts and analysts are following the boys of summer through all 162 games of the 2019 MLB season with the best fantasy baseball analysis in the industry. Catch the latest news and notes every day to help you win your fantasy leagues and your DFS tournaments. We'll always want you back listening and watching the Fantasy Sports Network on the FNTSY radio app and the FNTSY YouTube channel. The Fantasy Sports Network, where we're root, root, rooting for your fantasy baseball team. Maurice Allen, 2015-2016 European Long Drive Tour Champion, 2017 World Number One. Me personally, I keep my game face on me all the time. Especially coming out of the bunker, leaving the range, or even leaving the course. What's your story? Go to GameFaceGrooming.com for all your athletic facial wipes and body cleansing needs. In this league. Do you know what's going on? No, I don't know. Two of the biggest entities in the world are coming together. Is it the NFL and the NBA? It's not. It's are, we, not. are we finally going to get that league that basketball promised us with, like, you know, hitters and uh, uh, basketball players and football players all together? That's more likely than MLB and the uh, CBA getting together. <laughs> I promise you, no. Saturdays, 2 p.m. Eastern on the Fantasy Sports Network and on your popular podcast providers. Can't get enough fantasy football? Roto Experts has launched their NFL 365 Fantasy Football Package, which includes the best math-based seasonal projections and rankings available anywhere on the internet. Davis Maddock and the Roto Experts are providing dynasty season-long betting, best ball, and NFL draft content every day of the year to give you an edge regardless of what type of fantasy football you play. Save 10% at rotoexperts.com with the promo code FNTSY. It's the NFL 365 Fantasy Football Package only at rotoexperts.com. Your BFFs, Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Before we, were, um, before we hit the break, Frank, we were talking about Masahiro Tanaka. And you always have the worries that the elbow's going to fall off. 
you always have the worries that he's going to allow a billion home runs in Yankee Stadium. And while the elbow still works and he hasn't allowed that many home runs, there's now a new issue. What is it? So he's just not throwing his splitter as much, and he didn't last night, and he hasn't so far this season. He's throwing his splitter 21.9% of the time. In his career, it's been 27.3%, so it's down about 6% overall, but used it less last night than ever before, and just the underlying numbers for him haven't been great this year. The swinging strike rate last season, think about this, the swinging strike rate, 14.1%. That probably ranked him top 15, maybe top 20 in among all starting pitchers last year. This year, it's 9.5%. It's down 5%. The ERA 377, the FIP, the XFIP, much higher than both of those. The XFIP 4.19. Uh, the K per 9, below 8 for the first time since 2016. The walks also up. Tanaka, something you notice about him, he's been walking more batters. It's normally something we don't have to worry about. He's always been a very good whip pitcher. Good command, doesn't walk all that many guys. 2.78 walks per nine. His previous career high in a season, 2.07. So I think he's trying to use other pitches more. He's throwing his slider like 38% of the time, which is just massive, much higher than ever before. And I know that the Yankees like when their pitchers throw their slider, but this has never been, he's been part of the Yankees his entire career. It's not like he just came here and now he's using his slider more. They've always let him use his splitter. So I just worry, is there something going on with him right now? Does he not have, a, does he not have the feel for the splitter? The, the broadcast kept referencing this yesterday that this season, opposing batters are hitting over 400 against this splitter, while in every other season collectively entering this year, they were hitting sub-200 against the splitter. So something's just clearly not right with it. Uh, it doesn't mean that he won't be able to fix that issue. Maybe it's something he has to work with mechanically with his pitching coaches. Uh, but it is something to pay attention to moving forward. If he if he completely starts scrapping the splitter, I don't think that would be the case. But normally, uh, when you see a pitcher go away from their best pitch, it's either it's like hurting him to throw it, or he's not locating it, or it's just it's getting really hit hard. Uh, and it might be a culmination of those things right now. But it's definitely something to pay attention to with Tanaka. Um, these aren't the numbers that we're normally used to seeing from him. No, they're not. We're, we're used to many more swinging strikes. We're used to that splitter working uh, much more effectively, which we have not seen quite yet. On the other side here, Frank, Marco Gonzalez also pitched relatively well uh, in Yankee Stadium. You liked him coming into the season. What are you thinking now, you know, over a month into it? I think you've, <laughs> you've gotten everything that you could hope for from Marco Gonzalez, and the underlying numbers for him are... Not good. He's got a 3.08 ERA. He's got a 4.72 XFIP. And he doesn't strike a lot of guys out. He's someone that pitches to contact. He's a soft tosser. Uh, he's very Kyle Hendricks-esque. But uh, thus far, he's been able to make it work. Outside of you know one start against the, the Cubs last time out, where he only went 1.2 innings. He allowed six runs. There was three earned. Um, doesn't have a good defense behind him. So those are the types of things that you worry about with Marco Gonzalez. He pitches to contact. He doesn't get a lot of swinging strikes. And he doesn't have a good defense behind him. So is he going to even out at some point? Is he going to start to give up more home runs? That's why you see the XFIP much higher than it normally is. If you can try and sell him high, sure. But it's kind of similar to Hyunjin Ryu. I'll ask you this, Greg. What are you getting back from Marco Gonzalez? A lot of people had him ranked outside their top 50 starting pitchers. Maybe top 60 starting pitchers. He reminds me a lot of Miles Mikolas. 
except Mikolas's stuff is a lot better. He throws, you know, low to mid-90s with his fastball. Mikolas, that is. He has a very nice slider. Uh, doesn't translate to strikeouts, but overall, I think he just has more to work with. Marco Gonzalez, a soft-tossing uh, soft lefty, relies on command, doesn't walk a lot of guys, but, man, when you pitch the contact this much, you're just, you're more prone to having these random blow-up starts. So, I like him, and he's outlived everything I could have hoped for through the first nine starts of the season for him, a 3.08 ERA, but I do fear that there will be some regression at some point. Like, he's a good pitcher, but I think he's pitching over his head right now. I think he's probably closer to a, maybe a high threes ERA, maybe like a 3.7, a 3.8 starting pitcher, something like that, whereas right now he's at a 3.08 ERA. So I do have some concerns when it comes to Marco Gonzalez. Marco Gonzalez concerning, but performing at this moment. Although You try and sell him? The thing is, what are you going to get, get him for? Yeah, I know. I know. I mean, you can try to get a, a hitter that's been hot. You know, you can try to get... Would you trade away Marco for... I, I said this yesterday, a couple of days ago, when trying to do a trade in my league. Would you trade Marco Gonzalez for a guy like Trey Mancini? Sure, I think that's fair. I don't think either guy really, like, moves the needle all that much, but they can be solid at their position. And it depends what they need, right? Like, if you're looking for a guy that'll help you with some quality starts, give you some innings, be a solid starter, yeah. If you're looking for a guy that'll get on base a little bit, has some power, that helps you there. You know, I hate to do this all the time, but it really does depend on what you need. Yeah, I think that makes sense. Just, yeah, I I just don't know that you're going to get anything that crazy for him, even if you. you try and trade him. I hear you. You think you could turn him into Hinge and Ryu? No. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. You wanted to talk more about retreads, Frank, so let's get into another retread. Uh, Let's get into your boy, Danny Duffy. And you asked me last week, uh, should you pick up Danny Duffy? And I said, well, he's he's in Houston next week, uh, and he's Danny Duffy, so no. But if you did, things worked out okay. Six and two-thirds, six hits, two runs, three walks, five strikeouts. Good start. Obviously, you want more, you want a better strikeout to walk ratio, but a very good start considering they were in Houston. On the other side, Colin McHugh gets absolutely blown up. I want to talk about him in one second as well. But Danny Duffy, how real is this, Frank? I have my concerns, and I tweeted out better. about I, I tweeted out about Daniel Duffy last night and actually got some pretty funny responses. Um, pull some of those up for you, but you know, he's, he's been performing. His past two starts, uh, he's performed well, especially here against the Houston Astros. I mean, that's just really impressive. Last time out against the Tampa Bay Rays as well. Six inning pitch, six hits, a one earned run, one walk, six strikeouts. And then last night, going up against the Houston Astros, who they swing and miss the second lowest amount in baseball besides, besides, uh, behind the uh, Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. So they don't swing and miss all that much. He had 11 swinging strikes. On 100 pitches, six and two-thirds inning pitch, two earned runs. The walk's still a bit of an issue. Three, three walks here, five strikeouts. Is he a must-add? No. Am I picking him up in my 12-team leagues? No. But he does pitch in the American League Central. He pitches in a pretty good ballpark in Kauffman Stadium. He's going to get these matchups against the Indians and against the Detroit Tigers. And I think you can stream him in those. In a 15-teamer, I probably will take a shot on Danny Duffy and just see if there's anything here. Uh, if it's actually real. But we've seen him be really good in the past at times. We've seen him be really bad in the past at times. There's a wide range of outcomes. And I'm not saying that he's going to get back to where he was at in his prime like three, four years ago. Um, The velocity just hasn't been there 
uh, you know, at that time he was throwing 94, 95 miles per hour, and it seems like it's just taken a step back every single year since then. But he has shown that he can be a successful fantasy pitcher at times. So in deeper leagues, Greg, I will take my shot, but tempering expectations. I'm not doing it in a 12-team league yet. I know, good. Don't do it in the 12-team league. I don't know how high your expectations really could be when it comes to a guy like Danny Duffy. Yeah, like I tried to do the Danny Duffy thing last year. He let me down. He just, he was an absolute mess. Kind of reminds me of Daniel Norris, right? At this point where yeah, yeah, yeah. doesn't really go deep into games, like struggles with command. But Six and two-thirds is pretty good. The strikeouts have been nice to see the past couple of starts. Um, so we'll see. We'll see what happens. I got this response when I tweeted about Danny Duffy last night. I thought, I thought it was pretty spot on. That guy is, quote, the bad girlfriend, Greg. I want to believe she's changed, but I know it's only a matter of time until she sleeps with one of my buddies and ruins my credit. Again. <laughs> Basically the best analogy that I've heard regarding Danny Duffy. The Royals were led last night by Whit Merrifield, who had himself a game, huh? A home run, a triple, a stolen base. He was everywhere last night. Whit Merrifield's been, uh, he's been awesome. He's been everything you wanted him to be when you drafted him. I know you weren't so in on him this year, but he's been great. Yeah, he has. He, he, four for five here, five ribbies. Don't look now. I mean, this Royals lineup, Pretty good. Ryan O'Hearn hits a grand slam last night, too. Jorge Soler already has more home runs this season than he did last year or matched his total, whatever it is. Uh, he's performing well. Obviously, Adalberto Mondesi, what he's doing, too. So this is similar to the Tampa Bay Rays. Kansas City, a scrappy lineup. They have uh, some really good contact hitters in with Merrifield uh, where you know they can disrupt the base pats with him. Adalberto Mondesi, Billy Hamilton can steal a bag, obviously. Uh, they've got some pop with Jorge Soler. They have some pop with Hunter Dozier. Uh, he makes a lot of contact as well. They have some pop with Ryan O'Hearn. So they have a little bit of everything here. It's not a great ballpark to hit in, but six homers, seven stolen bases, 30 runs scored for Whit Merrifield, 299 batting average. He's been phenomenal. 43% hard hit rate. That's much higher than it was last year. 34% line drive rate. So that supports the, the high bat at the really good batting average. Look, if you drafted with Merrifield, he's been awesome. He's going to continue to give you the stolen bases, his good batting average. The runs scored are going to be pretty damn good. If he can continue, if he can give you 15 to 20 home runs in this juice ball era, perfectly fine with it, man. You drafted this guy in the third round, you feel really, really good right now, Greg. The Royals don't win all that much. Whit Merrifield, Adalberto Montesi, two guys are obviously getting it done for you. On the other side, I wanted to mention this, as I said, Colin Hugh got owned in this one, right? Eight runs allowed to, Very the, bad. to the Royals. The ERA now sits at 6.3 in, well, two of his last four starts, he allowed at least eight earned runs. Uh, in between, five and two-thirds, three runs, six innings, four runs. And he didn't exactly face a gauntlet of Texas, Cleveland, Minnesota, and Kansas City. I know that's not the worst, but it's also not the best. How nervous should we be about comic here? Yeah, something's not right with him right now. He's giving up a ton of home runs. He's just been getting absolutely mashed. And I, I tweeted about this last night. I, I, don't, I don't think that I was overstepping anything here, but I basically said, I think he's droppable in 12-team leagues. Uh, over his last four starts, he has a 12 ERA. Um, he's not getting the swings and misses that we thought he was. He's not getting all these strikeouts that he thought he was. The command has been a bit of an issue. The walks per nine are... You know, the highest they've been since 2012 when he was a rookie. Um, 
He's got some bad home run luck to start the year. His left on base percentage has been unlucky too. Uh, his home run to fly ball ratio is 21.4%. I mean, that's, that's astronomical. That's very high. But even his XFIP right now, 4.24. I think I'm all right dropping him in 12-team lead, Craig. In, in, in 15-teamers, I know there, there's not much out there. I'm probably going to hold on to him there. I own him in the main event. That's a 15-team league. It's just there's not a lot of great starting pitchers out there. I think Danny Duffy's out there, but am I going to drop McHugh for Danny Duffy? I'll probably find someone else to drop if I want to add Danny Duffy. Overall, it's just nothing can go right for him right now. He's just giving up a ton of home runs, Greg. He's been one of the bigger disappointments, both him and Peacock, you know? The back end of that Astros rotation that we thought, all right, well, hey, all you got to do is draft him. All you have to do is be part of the Astros rotation, and you're going to be good. Peacock. That hasn't been the case. McHugh. Miley's are pretty good. Miley has actually been the best one of three. the three, and he's probably the one we had the least expectation for. So, baseball. There you go. You drop him McHugh if you own him in a 12-team league? Who's his next start against? Do we know? Uh, I th- he had a two-start week. I know they, that. They have seven games, so um, he's going to have another one. Hang here. on, I have it. He starts against Tex- home against Texas. And he just got blown up against Texas, too. So you're not going to feel good about that. I mean, it's, Realistically, Greg, no matter who was, that matchup was, don't you kind of feel like you got to bench McHugh for the next couple of starts and see him come around before you could even trust to put him back in your lineup? Because what he did, he's completely blew you up, regardless of what format you play in. If you play in Roto, he just killed your ERA and whip. You play in a points league, I fortunately was going against him last night. He gave my opponent negative 10.5. So no matter where you were playing, he blew you up. If I own him, I think I just kind of got to... I'm either dropping him, or if I really want to hold on to him and I'm still kind of keeping the faith because... Houston Astros find ways to figure these things out. I got to bench him for the next couple of starts because I just have no trust in him right now, the way he's given up home runs. And especially against the Rangers, I mean, that's what they specialize in. I can't start him for that. No. I get, it ultimately, will, it will depend on what you need in a daily league, potentially, potentially right? Like weekly categories, so on and so forth. Um, but... If you're just worried about you, you make daily changes, you're playing in a roto league, you can't start him this week. You cannot do it. If Martin Perez is somehow still out there in your league, he's 51%. Of on, course. I mean, I'm dropping Colin McHugh for him. No questions asked. I'm not even I'm not even thinking about it. I agree. I very very very, very much agree. Um, okay. Let's continue on, Frankie. We have three minutes before we're gonna get to before we're gonna get to Ventra. So in these in these three minutes. Frank, give me another retread you wanted to mention. Uh, let's go. I want to spend a little bit more time on Giolito because a lot of people have. I wanna, yeah, I want to wait for Ventura for Giolito. Absolutely. Asking us about him. Um, wait, can we, can we bury somebody? All right, who are we burying? Can we say our prayers? Who are we burying today? It's, 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 you're not going to like this one. Uh-oh. Funeral for we, who? We got to say our goodbyes. Because the value of our man Carter went... Kaboom. Oh, God. It did. It did. How do we forget about this until right now? I, I, we, we wanted Very to delete for, again. We wanted to forget about it. <laughs> we wanted to forget about it again. Yeah, this happened uh, yesterday after, obviously, we were off I came the air. Down, I came downstairs, and I told Frank about it, yeah. and he was, he was devastated. Yeah, this is just not a good feeling. And this is, you know, props to Florio. This is something that he brought up. Uh, you know, for every one prospect that hits, there's probably going to be three that don't. 
And, you know, we caught some... We caught some stuff yesterday, Greggy. I saw a comment on our show saying, oh, you told me to spend, you know, one-third of my fab on Carter Keeboom, and now you're telling me to drop him? Well, it depends. It depends on your situation. Like, in the main event, it's a 15-team league. I'm going to hold on to Carter Keeboom. You know, maybe there's a chance that he goes down and he starts raking and then he's back up. I do have concerns, you know, where is he going to play when everyone's healthy? But I spent that much fab on him. I'm going to hold on to him for now. If you can't afford to, if you have injuries and all this other stuff... You can't afford to hold on to a guy who's in the minors. You know, we just had a huge argument about Malik Smith a couple of weeks ago, or last week, rather, and I said I wouldn't drop him either because of his upside. I mean, I feel the same way about Carter Keeboom, but I understand it's tough if you have all these injuries and you need to pick a middle field infielder up, and it sucks. But, you know, for those who are mad at us for telling you to put one-third of your fab on him, I'm mad at myself, too. I mean, this is what I always say. Anything that I tell you to do is what I would do to my teams. You picked with Jordan Zimmer, right? And that's exactly what I did. I, I, I spent $350 out of 1000 on Carter Keeboom in the main event in the Great Fantasy Baseball Invitational. Nobody feels worse than me right now. I have him on my team, and I told a bunch of people out there to do the same thing. I feel terrible. I texted Modica about it. He says, look, when it comes to prospects, you got to shoot your shot. It's going to happen. And then Modica tweeted about your text. That's great. I felt terrible. Still do. Adventures up next.